Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Bible Bashing with Mac and Morley. We have a very special guest, and so we're going to jump straight in, but it's our very own Yoda, Mr. Mark Saunders, and we're excited as he's going to share with us and with you the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. So yeah, without further ado, let's uh, introduce Mark the Spark Saunders. Mark, Mark the Spark. <laughs> I know, I used to get called Sparky at school. Did you? Just, yeah, all the way through school. I never got called ever again in my life since until now. And I sat in a shed with you two. Well, do you know what I was thinking on the way here? I was like, <laughs> what are weird questions that I can ask Mark? And like, I was thinking, if Mark was a boxer, what name would he have? And I was thinking Mark the Spark. See, I thought it was to do with electrics. See, that's what I thought. I thought he's, ne- he's never been an electrician. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother's an electrician. That's what it was. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> tell it's a word. It's a word of knowledge. Just slightly off. So you were Mark the Spark. I was called Sparky. Is that because of fighting, or just because it rhymed, I or think just because it rhymed? Yeah. I was Rubes the boobs, but um. Were you a bit heavier then, or? No. It was just <laughs> just everything that rhymes with Rubes. We won't go there, but there's a lot that rhymes with Rubes that's not not great. Um, so we had quite a few. <laughs> I talk nicknames. Any nicknames? I, I got called Apollo once, and then when um, uh, Balamori came out, there was Edie McCready and that, and I was I was lucky that I kind of left school when that came out because everywhere I went, everyone was like, "Oh, Edie McCready, what's the story?" What, what's the, what's the story behind uh, Apollo? <laughs> Apollo Apollo Creed, Rocky in the Rocky. fighter. Yeah, Apollo. Yeah, so someone called me at once like, "Hey, Apollo Creed," and I was like, "I'll take that," and then seeing Rocky Four. Well, as in McCready. What's as that? in, oh, as in okay. McCready. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was struggling yeah. to, <laughs> to make the correlation. Apollo Creed, yeah. But anyway, we've got Mark with us in the <laughs> yeah. shed. In the shed, yeah. In the famous shed. Yeah, it's good to have you on me. You know, we spoke quite highly of you last week and you dropped some You spoke quite highly of me. That you you called, on. right. Firstly, you called me Yoda and I didn't know whether you were calling me Yoda because of, of my wrinkles or... <laughs> And then what worried the me? What worried me even more the way I talk, or what worried me even more was the fact that you actually thought I had some kind of wisdom. That was the most, <laughs> that was the most scary bit. You are the first guest in the shed at Bible bashing, and the last, um, and the last. <laughs> yeah, people people switch off after today, don't they? And they say, right, we've done three episodes, yeah, we're, we're done we'll now. Follow Mark instead. But the amazing thing is, Sparky. Mark hasn't even Sparky. had to travel too far because you live just down the road, don't you? I do, mate. So. Yep. I was away just the last few days and I texted him and said, Mark, can you put my bins out? So, so I put his bin out for him and then when I went to put it back in this morning, my dog did a whoopsie on his uh, plants. Oh. I thought to confess that now to the world. <laughs> number one or number two? It was a number one. That's just fine. don't That's walk fine. on the grass and your bare feet, you'll be all right. Well, we already have done. The kids have gone out the car without <laughs> their shoes on, walked across. I was like, walk across the grass, it won't hurt your feet. So Mark, to the, to the people that are listening, I'm sure there's lots tuning in that know you, but I'm sure there's lots that don't know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I've had a bit of a roller coaster journey of a life, really. I've I've done um, lots of different stuff. Uh, left school, I was a welder or apprentice welder. Um, then I went into the music industry. Was in the music industry for um, about seven years, eight years, I think, in a in a pop band. Um, I came out of that. I was in the uh, police after that, and then I went from that into being pastor of a church because I got saved. I got saved, became a Christian, just as I came out of the music industry. Um, ended up being a pastor of a church for nine years, Maitland Amazing. Evangelical Church, which is on the Whittle. And then um, now I'm an evangelist, so that means that basically I 
my full-time job is to travel around wherever it is telling individuals or groups of people about Jesus so that they would come to know him the way that I know him and the way that he's changed my life. So I think for it, me, my first question, I've always really wanted to ask you this, is how did you go from being saved to being a pastor? Like what was that journey? What did that look like? And what was the kind of calling and <coughs> kind of the process of that? Well, let's put it this way. If you'd have said to me, 22 years ago, if you'd have said to me that one day I was going to be pastor of a church, I think firstly, I probably would have been physically ill because I would have thought something had gone really badly wrong in my life. <laughs> Ironically, that would have been like the worst case scenario. I would have been, I would have been, I'd, I'm going to do what? I'm going to mm. be like a, like a priest. I'm going to be like a minister. It would have made me feel sick. Um, and then even, even when, when I got saved, when I, sorry to use that vernacular, Christianese, uh, being saved just means that we've, given our lives to Jesus Christ and we've basically been saved from the pit of hell to the kingdom Amen. of heaven Amen. just get straight to the point that's what being that's why we say being saved because mm-hmm. it's important people know that to come to Jesus you've been saved from something that's very good uh, and so you know I was saved from basically hell's a real place and I was saved I don't want to get too heavy too quick here but um, if you'd have told me when I first became a believer that I would end up pastoring a church again I'd have just laughed in your face because I thought I don't want to go I, I... and is this when you were a pop star in a sense, when you were doing the music, when you were travelling around, or was this even prior to that? Just, I guess, before you came to know Jesus, you were just like... No, if you'd have told me once I became a believer, oh, that, really? I was okay. gonna, that one day I would be wow, a pastor, wow, wow. it would have been so alien to me to think that I would be humanly leading a... You know, it's God, but you're humanly leading a church. I would have thought, there's no way I, I could cope with that. I haven't got the brain capacity to, to do that. Um but during my journey after I got saved, I started out as a worship leader, really, which basically means, you know, the music that you see in churches and stuff and things like that. You know, I, w- I was doing that. I was leading that and loving it because I come from mm. a music background. That's all I wanted to do. I thought this will be what I'm doing. This is what God's called me to do. But then I just started to feel this call. As t- I came onto leadership in the church I was in. I was helping lead with a team of leaders. And one day... I was in the church on my own and I'd been there getting me muted together and there was nobody else there and I was sat on the stage at the front of the church and I genuinely felt, not words, not a booming voice, but I felt God say to me, one day you'll lead this church. And I was like, what? That's just my imagination. I immediately put it to one side and ran away from it for as long as I could. But then, you know, people kept saying things to me that they, they had no idea what was going on in my heart and they'd say, you know what, I think... I think you, you're a pastor, you know, there's something in you that blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you get all this kind of stuff was happening. Chain of events. You know, God was really speaking to me through through the Bible about, mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff. And then in the end, it just became so obvious that this guy came to speak. This guy came to speak at Maitland Church one day and, and he said, straight off the bat, he just went, somebody in here, God is telling you to do something and it's time that you got on with it and did it. And like, is that when the penny dropped? It was knew, like you just knew. I just knew that was me, and and um, yeah, I became I became pastor of Maitland Church. I won't, I won't bore you with that whole story, but um, have you ever worn the dog collar? No, you no. don't. No, we don't have to. We don't have dog collars. See, but uh, this is the thing for me. I'm not a pastor in that sense. I'm not a vicar. I just love Jesus and love telling people about Him. But I would love to own a little. I'll get you dog a dog collar. If you get want me this. a dog collar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I feel like that wouldn't be legit if I was walking around Bevington with a um, get one of those get with... one of those things to poke yeah. that big that <laughs> yeah. big hat. Take well, the kids to school with all the gear on. I used to wear my nans. Uh, I grew up in a, I I, <laughs> I shouldn't have stopped there. I should have carried on because now people are thinking he wore his nans what. I, <laughs> well, 
when I was a kid, because we're from a Catholic family, and my nan used to, she used to iron all her priest's clothes from St. Werbergs and Birkenhead, so there was all kinds of priest stuff around the house. And I used to I used to put it all on when no one was looking, because I, I wanted to be a That's priest funny. when I was a kid. Wow. And I used to put a tea cosy on my head That's and funny. pretend Just, to be the Pope. My granddad was actually a Catholic deacon. Uh, a priest quite similar we used to dress up in his robes and stuff like that and just like run around and be like you know, breaking bread we didn't know what we were doing and stuff. but that's one of the, the things that I, I really like about you mates is because i think there's so much that you've done in your life which i can relate to and that that's why for those who might not have heard last week i did refer to you as yoda because you are that jedi <laughs> that jedi master to me anyway <laughs> who's who's kind of gone before me and done all the stuff that that I've probably done as well, you know, like the, the entertainment type of lifestyle and then coming to faith and then I remember coming to faith and just thinking like, ah, oh, I can't wait for a quiet life now, you know, from leaving the comedy behind. I was just like, I'm done with like being at the front of stuff, I'm done with being loud, I can't wait to have a peaceful life and mm. then it, after a while I really felt God was calling me to do other things and it, and it started off with handing the Bibles out to church, you know, just being a helper. Any way I could, and then, and then that went on to being a welcome, mm. and then it went on to you know praying for people, then it went on to to leading or, or preaching, or and it just happens, and, and then you do just feel that that calling of, of just coming. So it is, boss. That <coughs> since I've known you, I've been able to you know text you, a voice note you, speak to you, and um, yeah, you've been able to kind of lead me like Yoda does with Luke through that journey. <laughs> and you carry me around on your back, you <laughs> Well, definitely. And it's something that Ruben said last week as well, which I want to bring up is I changed how Ruben sends messages on WhatsApp yeah. with the thumb lock. I, and I, the well. <laughs> I was like, I'm not kidding you. WhatsApp yet. evangelist. I'm not kidding yeah. you. I was, I was having thumb injuries. Proper strain from, on from it. holding it up the whole time. On the on the phone, by the way, <laughs> he he said to me, "You know, you don't need to do that. You can just lock it in place." And it was like, I heard angels singing and all kinds of stuff. I can imagine you walking the dog and you're holding it, and the dog's running. Are off you, and you used slipping to and you're I've lost it. I used you know? to. That's what I used to do. I couldn't yeah. believe I was such a meth. I got you. the best message off Mark once, and it was just like. I've just been talking for five minutes and my thumb <laughs> slid off it, so it didn't even send. And I was like, I fell off it. I was like, Mark, do you, do you know you can just slide it off? And he was like, oh, my Life days. changing, life changing. Yeah. I, I fell off my phone. No, the, the the thing is, right, we are just to, because it, you said something then, which is which is interesting, is you're saying that, you know, you used all these stuff in, in entertainment. Um, once you once you kind of come out of that world, you're thinking, well, that, that was just for that part of my life. And now God's going to use me in a different way completely different mm. way the thing is the gifts and the talents that we've been given we were given by god in the first place yeah. so whatever that is whether it's like whether it is singing whether it's been able to communicate like like you guys can you're both gifted at communicating now you could you could use that in, a, in another in another sure. another business and be successful at it once you once you become a believer and you're connected to god suddenly these gifts take on a whole new your whole a whole new meaning and and actually, you can incorporate all those gifts into your new life. It's just that God's using them in a different way. So singing on stage for me in front of in the pop band, you know, you would have thought, well, that's that's not the same as being doing what I'm doing now. But actually, a lot of it is the, is the gifts. It's yeah, the yeah, yeah, same sure, gifts. Sure. Yes. Been able to communicate. It's been able to stand on a platform in front of people in the first place. It's 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 just been able to 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 do that. So I. So, I I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I recognise there'll be some people that will listen that have maybe been recently saved. They become Christians, and they may be in this tension where they're thinking, "Well, I've got to leave a lot of that kind of stuff 
behind. Yeah. But would you be saying to them then, if it's the right things and it's gifts that God has given them, actually they could be on a journey with the Lord and the Lord could bring those things back to the surface and use them for his glory. Absolutely. I mean, what he did with me though as well is that I did kind of lay music down for a while because because when I started when I started playing music in church, I, I hadn't stepped out of the sure. perf performance artist mode. So it still, it still felt as if I was performing and it took a while of, of humbling and stuff like that yeah. to realise that actually this is now just for God. It's not to try and impress people. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your gift is. Um, God's not asking you to lay down all the stuff he's given you. He I love that. I love that because a lot of people that listen, even if they're not Christians, a lot of them have this perception that if I gave my life to Jesus, that I've got to let go of everything and I've got mm. to become a monk. Yeah. And, and let go of all of that and it's like no God's actually put things on the inside it's better. of us yeah it's like you fully come alive yeah it's, it's, you like, say? Yeah, it's, it's better it, you, you're being who you were made to be before I wasn't being who I was made to be I was using the gifts and talents that God had given me to create my own my own path and, and it was all about me it was all about ego mm. and pride yeah. and vanity mm. now now I'm doing things in the right way it's, it's, much, it's much better you know, I you, love that and I have to ask this as well because you say pop star or you're in a boy band but a lot of people may say well did he just get a few pop star or, or a boy band or a boy band boy zone or something but a lot of people may say well did he get a few plays on spotify or so can you just shed light on what that looked like at the time and what you were doing where you were playing was it just down in liverpool what were you doing and how many were in the band that kind of thing so there was two of us by the time we got a record deal and stuff it was original stuff so it was my i was a songwriter yeah it was poppy, but to be honest with you, it was poppy because they told us we were poppy when okay. we signed the deal because we looked young and we were like, you know, we we looked apart, I suppose. And but really, the music was a bit more old than that. But we got put in this kind of pigeonhole, um, and we did really well. You know, we had yeah, we had loads of radio play all over all oh, over wow. Europe. We um, we had hits in the charts in Germany and Holland and places like that. We made an album. We did loads of videos. We did big live shows. Mm. And it's a different world now with the music industry. I imagine back then to say you got in the charts, that's a big deal because you had the top forty and it just was get, like... just getting your record played on the radio. I remember yeah. Radio City were the first ones to ever play one of our songs and it was like the best thing ever, you know what I mean? And it just kinda of snowballed from there and <clears throat> before we knew it we were getting played all all over the mm -hmm. all over Europe. It was amazing. It was it was a it was a good time and you know, the older I get the more I look back on it the more I wish I'd had appreciated it at the time. Even though the, the life I was living was... I just mean the bits like travelling round and staying in different cities. and yeah, sure. I, I didn't appreciate any of it because all I wanted to do was get drunk. I don't yeah. remember yeah. most of it. Wow, wow, wow. And we stayed in every city you can think of in Europe and, and it, was, it was amazing. But, yeah. So, and in that <clears throat> moment, you were living the high life in a sense in the world's eyes and yeah. I always think of the quote by Jim Carrey that he says I wish everybody could become rich and famous so they would realise it's not what they're searching it's for it's nonsense yeah what would you say to that in what you were in and what you've now found in, in Jesus so I have a lot of I actually have a lot of compassion for pop star and I'm talking the big the big league now I'm not talking about we you know, we did well we've got stuff that we can show our, our grandkids you know, yeah, yeah, we show yeah, our yeah. kids I've got all the stuff kept we're on YouTube and all that kind of stuff so you can see the evidence of it all <clears throat> but um, I'm talking about the big leagues now where they've got everything they could ever want you're yeah. Robbie Williams you're whoever else you know the big stars who basically the world looks at them and they're a mess you know the the 
they're depressed, they're on all kinds of medication, they're on, mm. you know, they're normally addicted to something, whether it's alcohol or drugs or gambling or sure. what, sex, whatever it is. Um, and they're moaning about their lives kind of thing, where it's that old adage where they spend the, spend the whole lives trying to get famous, and then when they get famous, they spend the rest of it hiding behind big That's walls really and sunglasses. But um, the word laughs at them, because like, how dare you be upset with your life? Mm. You know, how dare you be depressed you know you've got all the money you could ever want you've got you've got everything that we're trying to get trophy wife trophy husband big houses all over the world you don't need to worry about anything you're like why are you why are you depressed you know you want to live my life but the the thing is and this is what i experienced to answer your question is that they're achieving everything they always dreamed of achieving you know they wanted to be pop stars they wanted to be film stars whatever it is they achieve it on the highest level but when they get it they realize it doesn't give mm. them it doesn't give them the peace that they thought they were going to find yes and so that confuses them and so they become really unhappy and tortured that's why they end up turning to drugs and alcohol and that stuff and many of them tragically end up taking their own lives yeah. you know i know from the inside that that i know what that felt like and that's mm. where i got to you know i was in addiction and all the rest of it and i got to that same place where i couldn't understand why this wasn't making me happy I know now that none of that stuff, doesn't matter whether whether you're famous or no matter who you are in life, we try and find identity and purpose. That's what we're all seeking from Mm. a very young age. So to try and find it in the job you do, try and find it in how many exam results you get, try and find it in your husband or your wife or or your popularity or whatever it is. All you're looking for is identity and purpose. Sure. You won't find your true identity and purpose until you're connected to the God who made you. Come on, yeah. You can only be connected to the God who made you by believing in Jesus Christ, right? That we know that as believers now. Once I became a believer, I then realised that actually I knew what my identity and purpose was, which was just to be connected to, to God. Mm. I was born to find God and then the, he, his plan was going to come to purpose for my life. But I'd chosen all these other routes, all these other avenues that just led me into darkness. So none of the stuff that the world can give us will ever help us to find any peace you only find that once you become to know you become to know Jesus yes. Christ. You get connected to the God who made you. That's why these pop stars and rock stars, in fact, they're a perfect example to look at. As look, look at these people. They've got everything, and they're broken, yeah. and and they can't sleep at night, and they're on all kinds of medication because none of that stuff was ever designed to make them feel complete. Mm. The only way you can feel complete is by yeah knowing God. And that was that was your story as well, wasn't it, John? Yeah, in, a, in a different way with the comedy comedy yeah. side of things and yeah definitely it's literally back to the future i think our, our life and um uh, you know uh, often can i say back to of... the future that's one of my favorite films <laughs> you've got any a, a film reference i was joking before saying that Ruben, <laughs> i i like i love films i watch films all the time and i'll fire like a little quote or a reference like from a film that's like going to see and i'll, I'll shoot it at Ruben and just no clue no clue just honestly no i don't watch many films at all but so back the to the future. Kid, Tamar got Tamar it. Loves that. Yeah. So I, I often think so when we were kind of talking then before about kind of leaving stuff down, like the, the Bible verse, what the Bible story that keeps coming to me is John Four, you know, the woman at the well. And what I love about this story is that she she's kinda of like disowned by her community and stuff like that and, and she's kinda of going to this well and at a time when no one else is there. And the symbolism for me is she's using water jugs to get hydrated. 
Mm-hmm. And then she meets Jesus, and uh, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't read the Bible or, <laughs> or watched The Chosen, she she meets Jesus and, and leaves behind the water jugs and then runs off <coughs> to tell him. And I, I think that's so powerful because once you meet Jesus and, and you have a connection with him, because he's just waiting to have a connection with you, mm. and once you have that connection, you will automatically just drop whatever it is. You know, and it might not happen overnight. Yeah, because sometimes it doesn't. You know what I mean. Sometimes it does, uh, uh, and we hear amazing stories. But then other times it is a slow process. You realise what's important. Exactly. Yeah, and one of the best things I ever heard was actually Todd White talking about it, and he said, you know, he invited Jesus into his life, uh, and then he was like, I'm a Christian now, but then he was still like, you know, doing drugs and stuff, and then I think it was Dan Moller said to him, like, God, oh, you feel bad for it, and he was like, Yeah, and he went, Well, that's the Holy Spirit. This is Love him that. working on you now, and mm-hmm. and there's, you know, and obviously. Look at him now, but that story with the woman in the well, she she left behind her old water jugs and then she went off into the town to share her testimony and it actually says later on, a lot of people believe because of the testimony that she had. Yeah. And that can kind of relate to what we were saying about like we have testimonies, you have testimonies for set people. You know what I mean? So Mark, you're gonna save people that Mark's meant to save for Jesus, really. Mm. You're gonna have conversations who you were meant to have conversations sure. with. You know what I mean? And, and that's how God uses it. And it's but good. on top of that, though, as well, though, the, the, the point about it is, as well, is that you don't, you're not going to have to always use your whole life story to bring yeah. people to Jesus because yeah. he, it's Him that, it's Him that, it's His truth and the power of the gospel that's very good. that leads people to salvation. Mm-hmm. So you know it it's it's the truth about him that's going to win them. It's not it's not your life. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you are going to go into it. You know you are going to go into it because you just feel like you're in that conversation. There's lots of times that I've had the privilege of leading people to Jesus and they know nothing about me. Yeah, it's so true because yeah. at the end of the day, our story can be powerful. It can impact someone. But that message doesn't truly change a heart. It's it's the gospel. It's yeah. what Jesus has done. It's them realizing they need that. Yes. they need him. It's them realizing they need them, and when you when you first do get that revelation, it is it's all consuming. You do literally drop everything else in your life for a bit. It's like wow, this Jesus is the truth, and it becomes all consuming and in a good way, and it's all you want to talk about, and he's all you think about. But eventually, not not that it dies down because obviously he's still as important. Sure. You eventually you start you start dealing with normal life again because I think there might be someone who's listening who. Who isn't a believer in Jesus? Who will think, well, I can't. I don't, because you're not in that place. You're gonna think I can think of nothing worse than me just being totally obsessed mm, with this mm. Jesus. You know, I've got a, I've got a life. I've got a family. You know, is it like I've got to abandon everything? Well, no. You will, you fall in love with him, and mm. that sounds weird to people, but you fall in love with him, and you'll realize how important it is to know him. You'll realize what a powerful thing it is. He'll be doing stuff in your life that you can't get away from, but eventually. You know, you will go back into your normal life again. It's just that everything looks different. You know, the way you think is different. The way you think about yourself. The way you think about other people. And it's all for the good. That's very good. There's absolutely nothing that Jesus hasn't changed in my life. That I'm, I'm so glad that he's changed. And there's lots more that needs to change. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you just said there is really interesting. It, it, it is like a daily thing of picking up your cross and, and following Jesus. I think, you know, inviting Jesus into your life. For me, that was like a, a a moment that completely changed who I was and who I am and, and and what everything that I'm doing. But then after that, it was a daily, daily battle. And it still is a daily battle, bro. Do you know what I mean? There still are things where I, I think there's a great meme out there, and it's like Mr. Bean pulling a face, and it says something like, "My face after the Holy Spirit convicts me not to reply <laughs> to a text the way I wanted to." 
and that happens so much you know you, you invite jesus into your life he, he does move into your life and, and stuff will go you know the short temper might go you know the, the anger issues will go but it, it is it is a choice and, and it's an amazing thing that that happens and I, I love that because it shows that none of us are perfect and it's this progressive journey of becoming more like jesus and that happens when we're in relationship with him we become like the company that we keep and so when we spend time in relationship with him and we're walking with him and we're in his word and we're spending time in conversation and we've got the worship music, whatever it looks like we're starting to be conformed to his image becoming more like him and that's what jesus desires i know friends who, who probably even listen to this podcast and, and they do think oh, i believe in the universe or i believe that there is a higher power but i don't believe in jesus per se but what would you say i know you've kind of explained it anyway but what would you say to someone right now if they were in this room and they're saying that to you, Mark, you know, I am on the fence. Uh, I, I don't know what to believe. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it all. I don't know it all. Like, what would you say to that person? I think very, very basically what, what I say to people who would ever come up with anything similar to that would be just give Jesus a try. Give him, give him, a, give him a chance. Give him a go. Because if, if you're willing to, if you're, if you're on the fence, you're enough, you're enough, you're kind of enough in that you, you should be willing to say, yes. okay, yes. Mm. I'm going to give this Jesus a try. Um, you know, I'm going to open myself. I'm going to at least open myself up to investigating more who Jesus is because the Bible says that that if we're willing to, if we draw near to him, he's going to draw, draw near to us. us. If we're willing to open our heart to him, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to come in. Right. You start seeking him. It says if you find him if you seek him with all your heart. So there'll be people that will be on the fence and remain there because they're scared of commitment, maybe. I think sometimes people are thinking, this is going to be a massive change in my life, this. You know, this is going to change everything. It's going to change how I live my life. It's going to change, you know, my personality. I'm Friendship circles. Yeah, there's, yeah. Going to be, there's going to be people that I'm, I'm going to maybe need to give up. There's going to be a lifestyle I'm going to need to give up. And and that and it's that commitment that, that, that holds them back. But I think... Sometimes we need to take the gloves off and say, okay, look, what where, what do you think is going to happen to you when this life is over? Yeah. Where are you going when you die? You know, and, and it's it's really taking the gloves off to say, look, you, you need to understand this isn't a game. You know, there is the, the, an eternal life after this one. You know, and, and heaven is a reality and hell is a reality. And then speaking the love and the truth of God into them that there's a choice for them to make, but God wants to help them make make the right choice. Yeah. But just be willing to open your heart to Jesus and say, okay, if you're there, show me. Yeah. How many testimonies have you heard on, on you know, of all kinds of people who, who've, who've done that? And they've said, if you're really there, in some way, show me you're there, and Jesus has done something that's just blown them away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you're necessarily going to walk through the walls, yeah. but something there's an answer that comes in some way that couldn't come from anywhere else because he loves them that much Jesus loves every single human being that much that he wants to show them that he's there yeah. mm. Mm. Yes. do you remember that old advert uh, the lottery when it used to say it, it could, it could be, be, you. be you yeah. the, the finger point <laughs> down and be like it could be you I thought that that's what would happen when I invited Jesus into my life and, and it was actually a few days later that something like that did happen to me and it was like a big Wow, this is amazing. But I have known people who've who've asked that same question. Jesus come into my life and, and it, it does happen. He does come into your life sure. in, in so many different ways. And, and you know, 
thinking back at the, those we, we talk about your life does change there's relationships in your life that change and everything kind of does change but it happens so amazing and natural it's something you want to happen you, you let yeah. go of stuff bro and it's just like you know there's a lot of stuff that i, I was battling with like the ego and, and women and, and drinking and anxiety and it was just almost like like someone letting go of a balloon that's what it felt like and i was just kind of like i was so wrapped up in it mate and i thought this is my life this is how i i live this is how i get my validation this is how i am but then when i met jesus it was just almost a sense wow. of you can let this go just let just just you know what i mean just take it off and how did that and feel for you it was scary mate it was it was, it was terrifying and you know friendships that i thought were best friends and stuff like that you know or them and you kind of in like a, when you feel a piece of god for the first time it, it's so amazing but it is so weird for me it was so weird anyway because it was like i was trying to fill the hole with so many things and then when i felt that i was like wow this is this is what it means to have a rest like you know what i mean this is what it means and it was just just amazing so i believe that someone's going to feel that today by listening to you talk and, and inviting jesus into the life we just want to we just want to thank mark for for being with us it's been actually amazing you've been the first as we said the first guest and you've just been able to share your heart and we hope that if you've listened today and especially if you've listened and you don't profess to follow jesus or go to church or you don't see yourself as a christian we hope that there's just been a sprinkling of information and wisdom where you can say you know what this is something that i may look to continue to explore yeah uh, so we would just ask just just stay with us just keep listening just you can sub yeah. subscribe if you want we're not just on spotify now we're on apple, apple Podcasts, so we're going up in the world Amen. Uh, but we'll be back around soon and we look forward to you joining with us can yeah. i just say one quick thing go for it if you're listening to this right now and i know somebody is i can feel it in my water this is the evangelist in mark i can feel now. it Come in my on. water <laughs> it's it's about um you particularly you whoever you are realizing that you were made on purpose that you're not an accident that you're carrying this kind of thing that like oh this is all just a big accident or i'm an accident or or for some reason you don't think you've got any worth and it doesn't really matter whether you're here or not you were created by almighty god on purpose for purpose you're listening to this podcast and any and these guys podcasts because god god is putting that in your ears right now for you to know how loved you are and that he's got a plan for your life amen yeah, I can't stop that. So yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you the, soon. And Everton are yeah. in the Premier League next season. Everton not going yeah. down. Yeah, we'll cut that one. Cut that one. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon. See you later.